Hello and welcome to Vipers Voices. I'm Brian Murgatroyd and if you want the lowdown on all things Desert Vipers ahead of and during the inaugural ILT20 in the UAE in January and February 2023, then you're in the right place. Let's get going with what is a cracking episode. Coming up, we hear from two key figures in the Vipers' setup. First, there's opening batter Alex Hales, who's all set for action after a stellar T20 World Cup with England. He's got a winner's medal from that tournament, and he's still riding that wave. A very special feeling and um, something that I didn't think I'd get a chance to do again was playing a World Cup. So I think I'll still be riding that wave for a long time. Um, it definitely hasn't sunk in yet. Um, the last week's been pretty hectic with travelling and celebrations and stuff like that. But yeah, I'll still be on a high then for sure and, and hopefully carry that form into this tournament. And Alex is very positive when it comes to the Vipers' chances in the tournament to come. Yeah, it's a really, really strong lineup. There's a nice mix of left-handers, right-handers, um, guys with different strengths and weaknesses, which I think you need. You need is becoming really important. Sorry, in T20 cricket, is, is different kinds of batters um, and the right-hand, left-hand combos. So I think we've you know we've picked really well in the draft, and I'm really looking forward to being part of that. Our full chat with Alex is coming up shortly, and after that, we hear from head coach James Foster who's delighted to have Alex on the Desert Vipers roster. In, in top form, he's been in top form for a long period of time, and again, his experience, his knowledge, his know-how. He's been in the UAE for many years, playing cricket over here, so it's uh, I'm, I'm super excited. And James reckons that the balance of the squad that he and director of cricket Tom Moody have assembled is absolutely spot on. We've, we've, we've got a really impressive batting lineup along with our bowling lineup, so it's, we have to make some difficult calls. Um, but the calls are like are good calls, if that makes sense, because um, whoever you leave out, they're going to be quality players who, yes, they will be disappointed, but it shows that the strength that we have in our squad. That's all to come then in this episode of Vipers Voices. So, first up, here's Alex Hales. We spoke with him in the UAE as he prepared for the T10 tournament in Abu Dhabi and started by asking him how his joining the Desert Vipers came about. Yeah, they got in touch with my agent and spoke to me as well. I know Tom Moody really well. I've played, um, played under him before in the past, so to get the chance to work with him again was, was awesome. And yeah, pleased to have managed to secure the deal and looking forward to being part of a new franchise. You've had vast experience all over the world. You've played T20 cricket in the IPL, the BPL, the PSL, the CPL, so many L's, and in the UK in the T20 Blast, as well as playing in the 102. What made you decide to play in the UAE in the ILT20? Uh, like I just said, I think being part of a new and exciting competition is is really, really important as a, as a T20 cricketer. Um, it's a growing game um, and to, uh, to get a chance to play in a country I love. I've spent a lot of time playing cricket here over the years. So, yeah, to be part of a, of a new franchise in, in a new league is really, really exciting. But you're sport for choice now these days in the T20 circuit, especially this year. It seems like there's a lot of tournaments on at the same time with the schedule. But you know, the chance to work with, with Tom Moody again for a new franchise in a, in a new country was just you know, too, was too good to turn down. And um, yeah, it was a no-brainer when I signed in this tournament. Um, really exciting to be part of it and yeah it wasn't too much to to choose from for for me it was always going to be the UAE. You must be coming into the ILT20 on the crest of a wave after the T20 World Cup in Australia is that fair? Uh, Yeah I think so yeah it was a very special feeling and um, something that I didn't think I'd get a chance to do again was playing a World Cup so 
I think I'll still be riding that way for a long time. Um, it definitely hasn't sunk in yet. Um, the last week's been pretty hectic with traveling and celebrations and stuff like that. But yeah, I'll still be on a high then for sure and, and hopefully carry that form into this tournament. Given your success in Australia during the T20 World Cup, does that add more pressure to you or, or does it add more pressure to the bowlers running in at you? Or is it simply a case of both batter and bowler saying it's in the past and has no relevance to what's to come? Um, maybe a bit of both, to be honest. Um, yeah, the T20 is always evolving and guys have their plans and methods to you. And I'm sure each bowling attack I face will, will have their plans and, and know my strengths and weaknesses. So I think that's the beauty of T20. It's always evolving and you know, te- the amount of teams and sorry, the amount of analysts that teams have now that know each batter's uh, strengths and weaknesses means you constantly have to keep developing your game. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure I'm on top of that heading into this tournament. As a batter, how do you go about practising opening in a T20 innings? Is it just a case of going into the nets and playing shots from ball one? Or is it a bit more scientific than that? Um, for, uh, for me, it's always about feeling good and confidence. Uh, when I go and bat, if I go and have a net session, I'm never looking to sort of play too many sort of slogs or big hits. It's more about you know keeping a strong base, good positions, and and looking to hit fours. I think I play my best cricket when I hold my shape and I look to hit good strong shots. Um, and then you can kind of expand from that after the power play. I think uh, more often than not, power play is the best time to bat with only two fielders out, and you kind of don't have to do too much to find those boundaries early on. So for me, it's just about finding, you know, get, making sure my triggers and balance are right, and you know, hitting good strong shots and feeling confident. It's interesting to hear you talking about hitting fours and not sixes, as when most people think of T20, they think of big hits. What's your thinking there? I think I think more so as middle order players, it's more important when you've got five guys on the re- uh, on the boundary edge. Sorry, I think the first six overs you get so much value for good strong shots and and keeping your shape and looking to hit fours. Um, obviously, sixes do come from from that position, but you know I always found my best cricket when I'm just in, have a good strong base and looking to play good strong cricket shots, and 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 I feel like the sixes come from that. And what about premeditating shots before the bowlers bowled? Is that something you look to do? A little bit, yeah. I, I often you know, move around the crease. I think that's one of my strengths um, is moving around the crease, backing away or going across my stumps just to, just, I guess, just to put the bowler off their lines and their rhythms and, and creating angles that wouldn't be there um, if you stayed still. So, um, yeah, I always try and you know, not stay still too much at the crease just to keep the bowler guessing. Now, Neil McKenzie is the batting coach for the Desert Vipers. How closely do you work with someone in his position in a T20 team? Yeah, I think I think that's uh, it's an interesting role in the T20 circuit. Um, I think the coaches, you know, the coaches' role is to find out what works for each individual because you're with each other for such a short period of time. It's kind of you know limited what you can add or, or add to their game. Sorry, so I think it's just about man management and understanding what each player needs for the three or four weeks we're together. Um, and I think that's you know the best role in T20 cricket. And the other backroom staff, have you worked with any of them? Um, I've worked. I worked with the physio actually in the Bangladesh League. No, um, and Daz, I believe, is our fitness coach who I've spent a bit of time with sort of around the ECB um, stuff. And obviously Tom, Tom, the director of cricket. But um, Fozzie, I've had a little bit to do with um, in various franchises. So I guess that's the way of franchise cricket now. You sort of work with coaches here and there and come together at different times. So, um, I know everyone pretty well, yeah. What about the Desert Vipers lineup, uh, Alex? How many of the players have you played with or against before? And is there someone you're especially looking forward to lining up with? Um, I, I think I've played with and against most guys. There's quite a, a strong English contingent in there. So um, I know the team pretty well, which is, which is always nice when you go and play for a new franchise. Um, know the guys really well um, in terms of playing with uh, probably Tom Curran. I'm looking forward to playing with Tom. I've played against him 
quite a lot in, against you know for different franchises and stuff. And you know, looking forward to taking some cash off him on the golf course is pretty easy money. And as you've played T20 cricket all over the world, you'll know most of the opposition players very well indeed. Is there someone you're really looking forward to going up against? Um, oh, off the top of my head, off the top of my head, no, not necessarily no. But um, you know, you look at down, you look down at the teams, um, you know, rosters for the tournament. There's some really, really strong lineups. Uh, you know, each each team, I guess, will have a, a player or someone. You know, maybe a lot of players that you've got a lot of time and huge respect for. So I think that's the exciting part of this this tournament is you know the quality of players on show for each team. Ahead of your recall for the T20 World Cup squad, your last England squad appearance was in the 50-over format ahead of the 2019 World Cup. Do you still have ambitions in the 50-over game? And if so, is this ILT20 a great vehicle to continue to push that case of yours for a recall in that format? Uh, I think probably for the time being, and my focus lies purely on T20 cricket. It's a fran- it's a sorry a, a format where over the last three years, you know, I've got better at a really a really quick rate. Um, so I think for the time being, I'm just going to focus on T20 and you know probably give that some thought maybe in the next few months. Um, you know, I think I know there's a World Cup next year in India, so I think just for the time being, my focus is on this tournament and and the T20 franchise circuit, and I'll have to see what the future holds. You never know. How familiar are you with UAE conditions, and is the T10 a good opportunity to refamiliarise yourself with them? Yeah, so I, I've played. I have played a lot of cricket here. It's been sort of more in the past. I don't think I've played here for maybe two or three years. Um, but it's, it is a country where I have played a lot of cricket in the past. So hopefully, it won't take me too long to get used to the conditions again coming from Australia. But yeah, I've got a chance now for two weeks to play in the T10 in very similar conditions, and I'll definitely be using that as you know um, as a vehicle to hopefully get my prep ready for for that tournament. And what about your equipment in these conditions, Alex? Do you have a bat with a lower middle than you might otherwise use? Uh, I don't personally, but I know I know a lot of guys do like that. I just try and keep things um, as you know similar as I can for um, for, for all year round in all conditions. Um, but I know guys there'll be guys who have some bats with lower middles, some with higher middles. You know, a lot of guys travel around with sort of twenty or thirty bats, but that's not me. I've, I'm nice and chilled. But I think I've only got six or seven, but I just try and keep it as you know consistent as possible. There'll be plenty of associate players, including those from the UAE, in this tournament. A real point of difference from the other T20 tournaments around the world. How do you feel about that? I think I think it's brilliant. I think it's excellent that an associate nation can have a chance to, you know, as I said, the, the all the squads look really, really strong. So the chance for those guys to get to rub shoulders with some of the best players in the world would be a great opportunity for them. And and you know, we're all looking forward to it as well. Um, hopefully, we can you know pass some advice and help guide some younger younger players along their journey. But I think it's a great. It's a great experience for everyone. What about the Desert Vipers top order, Alex? There's yourself, there's Adam Lythe, Ben Duckett, Colin Munro and Sam Billings, amongst others, all vying for spots. It's a powerful lineup, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really, really strong lineup. There's a nice mix of left-handers, right-handers, um, guys with different strengths and weaknesses, which I think you need. You need is becoming really important. Sorry, in T20 cricket, is is different kinds of batters um, and the right-hand, left-hand combos. So I think we've you know we've picked really well in the draft, and I'm really looking forward to being part of that. Can you win it? For sure. Yeah, I think um, definitely. You, it's a really, really strong squad, and, and one of the strongest I've seen on on the squad list so far. So if we can get you know enough guys in form, sometimes that can be the thing in these tournaments is having enough guys in form at the right time and hopefully we can have that the desert vipers have agreed a sponsorship deal with 1.5 degrees sport which is promoting more sustainable choices around the environment and the climate and part of the agreement will see electric scooters supplied for the squad to make use of 
look, apart from the fun element of that, how proud are you to be involved in a franchise that puts that sort of thing front and centre of its agenda? It's great. It's great to have 1.5 Degrees as our sponsors. Um, proud to be part of a franchise that puts that at the forefront of their thoughts. You know, the last few years, especially, it's become a real talking point um, around the world. So, yeah, to have that as our main sponsor is really exciting and, and everyone would be proud of that. So, Alex Hales there, sounding positive about his game and the prospects for the Desert Vipers in the ILT20. Alex is part of an already strong squad that's recently been supplemented by three additions. Scotland left-arm spinner Mark Watt, England left-arm fast bowler Tamel Mills, and top-order batter Adam Lythe, one of the stars of this year's T20 Blast and the 100 in England. We caught up with head coach James Foster recently, and we're better to start our chat with him than to get his views on the incoming trio. Well, to begin with, three quality additions to our squad, um, high-quality players. Um, with Mark, um, I've worked with him before at Scotland. Um, he's a very canny operator, very smart bowler, uh, finger spinner. He's got a few little tricks up his sleeve as well. Um, we've got Tamal Mills, who I've played with at Essex. Um, he's one of the fastest bowlers in the world, one of the best opening bowlers and death bowlers there is in the game. To have him in our squad as well, to strength in our bowling unit even further is incredible um, it's a real asset for us and then Adam Lyth who I've been working with the superchargers um, this summer again he's got an incredible record the, the way he takes the game on when he's when he's opening the batting is almost second to none really um, so it's, it's great that we've got Adam with us as well um, and as, as, as I said three high quality performers. What appealed to you about Mark did the fact he played in the UAE in the 2021 T20 World Cup add to that appeal? Yeah, sure. I mean, that, that did. But, it's, you know, I've, we've been, fo- been following Mark for quite a few years. As I touched on before, I've worked with him before at Scotland, very, very much aware of his ability. Um, so he's got a high skill level, um, very canny operator. As I said he's got quite a few little tricks. Um, his, his ability to vary his position on the crease, he comes from a different angle at times. Um, he can swing the ball as well. He's, he's a real canny operator. So um, his performances have been very consistent for a long period of time. When he's been playing at Derby, I know his coach there is a huge, huge fan. Um, so no, it's, it's absolutely no-brainer for us. What did you make of Mark's bowling at the T20 World Cup, especially his performance against the West Indies, where he took three wickets bowling from 23 yards? Yeah, uh, he's, as I said, he's a very canny operator. He's a very smart um, and not just with his bowling, his contribution around the group in the field, some handy, handy hitting towards the end. Um, I mean, it was great to see. It's great to see, especially with associate teams um, doing so well. And then Mark's starring as well. How much of a challenge will it be for Mark to replicate his T20 World Cup form in the ILT20, given that he'll be very much a known quantity now after his displays in Australia? Presumably, you're confident he's going to be able to step up? I mean... W- with the modern game now, uh, everyone's going to do their research. So, so, you know, whether if Mark hadn't performed in that World Cup, wasn't playing for Scotland, if Scotland weren't in that side, people would still do their research and see how it's performed over a period of time. Um, you know, there's there's no stone unturned, so to speak, in, in, in the modern game. Do you think he and Wanindu Hasaranga will complement each other? Yep. Um, different style of bowlers. Um, good chance that we'll be picking up a spinner, perhaps. Um, also, again, to complement our, our, our spin stocks, 
Um, but no, absolutely. I mean, two different style of bowlers. Um, as I touched on earlier, like the his angles are very different. His, um, without giving away too much. <laughs> so uh, no, it's it's, it's going to be a, a lovely compliment. With Adam Lythe, you'll have noted his exceptional form in the T20 Blast for Yorkshire, and in the hundred with the Northern Superchargers. You were one of the coaches there, of course, and that included twenty sixes, the highest in the tournament, alongside uh, David Milan. He's been in great form, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a proper player and, and a top man as well. Um, very lucky to have had him um, a Northern Supercharger this season. Um, he's been a star performer f- for many, many years. And to be fair, he's kind of almost been overlooked. I think with the way Adam plays, he still plays quite classical cricket shots as opposed to standing there and just, I mean, slog is not the right word, but sort of clearing the front leg and um, and striking the ball from out. He, you know, he's beautiful time over creep ball you know some of the sixes he hit the other, um, this season in the hundred were big sixes but again with like pure swings he's played test cricket for england but could this tournament after his exploits in the summer back home be a springboard for him to push his case for inclusion in the shorter formats i mean that that's the beauty with franchise cricket is that you're playing a high level cricket and it's opportunity you're playing in front of the world so you never know who's going to be watching whether that's international teams or or other franchise teams around around the world. Um, Adam's a quality performer, so um, no doubt if he keeps, you know, if he gets his opportunity to play for us and performs, who who knows where that might lead. James, you now have an embarrassment of riches at the top of the order. There's Adam Lythe, Ben Duckett, Alex Hales, Sam Billings, amongst others, Colin Munro as well, of course. Do you have any idea yet what the top order might look like? Obviously, I do. Um, We've just got to work it out. Also, depends who we pick in our draft. For the UAE players, how you got to then complement your side, left right handers, left right handers. Um, you know, we've 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 got a really impressive batting lineup along with our bowling lineup. So it's we have to make some difficult calls, um, but the calls are like are good calls if that makes sense. Because um, whoever you leave out, they're going to be quality players. Who yes, they will be disappointed, but it shows that the strength that we have in our squad. Jamal Mills is someone you know very well as he played with you for many years at Essex. What does he bring to the squad? Jamal brings a lot of experience. I mean, he's still, still a young man, but he's, he's been around the block. You know, he's played so much T20 cricket, which is, uh, which is great, a great addition for us. I mean, his pace is real X factor, isn't he? I mean, he's high pace bowler. Um, so again, brings something new to our bowling um, de- uh, depth in our squad. Um, and his ability with his change-ups. I mean, that's the, the tricky thing is when you're facing him, he's got high pace, but also his slow ball, his back-of-the-hand slow ball is so well disguised, it's very difficult to pick. So if maybe if you're better, if you're worrying about the short ball and then you've got this change-up, it's, it's very difficult to face. Is the type of pace he can generate important, even in T20 cricket? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, some of that sort of pace is important. I mean, he, he'll know his game better than anyone. And, and, and how about um, how to go about his business? But sometimes, you know, sometimes you'll you'll look through opposition and say like, make sure you're using your pace, make sure you're using your bouncer. And he's got high pace, like extreme pace. So it's um, it's, it's, it's a great addition for us. You now have three left armers in Ruben Trumpleman, Tamel Mills, and Sheldon Cottrell. Can you see a situation where all three might play together? Yeah, I see. I've I've never understood why sometimes people will mention. Oh, can you play all three left armers? Like often you play four right armers, and it's sort of, it's never really mentioned. But yet suddenly, if you're playing one or two or three, like we've seen with England this winter, I think they played three 
um, one of their T20 matches against um, Pakistan. I mean, absolutely, why not? It's obviously nice having some changes of angles, but then also you do your research against opposition and see what they're like against right arm bowlers, left arm bowlers. So you factor all that in. Um, what are going to take the new ball? What they like at the death, and then and you try and piece your bowling unit together. There are several Desert Vipers players in the T10, and also players from the other franchises playing in that tournament too. And you're there coaching at the Morrisville Samp Army, which brings you into contact with Sheldon Cottrell. How much of an advantage is it to you and the other Vipers players to get used to conditions in this way? Yeah, it is, it's obviously handy. I mean, this day and age, a lot of players play in the UAE in various competitions. If you think over the last few years, so much cricket has been in UAE. So these guys will be no strangers to conditions, but it's always nice just reminding yourself of you know, in particular in Abu Dhabi, playing at Abu Dhabi, that'll be one of the grounds that we'll be playing at just to, um, yeah, just to freshen the mind of the conditions and the wind and the boundary sizes and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, these days guys are, you know, very adaptable. Looking back to the T20 World Cup, you predicted England to win and it came to pass, but did it happen as you expected? Well, I, I, I guess their road to victory, you know, they, um, it was an interesting group stage. But the reason, you know, obviously I'm English, I'm an Englishman, so I've been involved around the setup for a little bit over the last few years, but you're very aware of that team and that squad and the ability to have and also the options that they have um, with the ball, with the bat, the way they bat so deep. They've got a lot of options. They've got three high-quality spinners, some great death bowling. Then we've seen the, the likes of Sam Curran coming through and doing exceptionally well and being a player of the tournament, player of the final. Um, so I'm not surprised that they um, end up winning. It's, it's, never, it's, still, it's still a very difficult thing to do to go and win a World Cup because you've got to beat high-quality teams who are obviously also in good form as well. But it was a very impressive performance and those last sort of three, four games were exceptionally clinical. What were your impressions of the tournament and are there any lessons you can take forward into the ILT20, either from your players or concerning opposition players? I've just thought it was a great spectacle watching the cricket. Um, I, I really enjoyed the, the earlier rounds as well. Um, where the associate teams were playing. I thought the way they performed was great to see, great for the game. And just I thought there's some high-quality cricket on show. It was challenging at the start, I think, with the conditions. Um, a little bit, little bit different when it was uh, in Australia. With It looked quite hard to face the new balls as batters. Those, those power play scores weren't probably as high as everyone initially thought, and the outfield looked quite slow, especially in Geelong. But I thought the tournament was fantastic. It was great to watch. What about Alex Hales? You must be delighted for him. What does his form in the T20 World Cup mean for the Desert Vipers? Well, Alex is a high-quality performer. He's been performing for many, many years, and it's great to see him back in the England setup. Um, did nicely out in Pakistan, and then getting to, um, and then, then the fact that England started him in the World Cup was was great to see. And he had a phenomenal tournament. Um, no doubt he'll bring that form and confidence with us um, in January. Um, when the tournament starts, you know, he'll be busy before then. He's obviously playing here. Not sure if he's doing a little bit of big bash as well um, leading up into that competition. But yeah, I mean, he's in, in top form. He's been in top form for a long period of time. And again, his experience, his knowledge, his know-how. He's been in the UAE for many years playing cricket over here. So it's uh, I'm, I'm super excited. The Desert Vipers have agreed a sponsorship deal with 1.5 Degrees Sport which is promoting more sustainable choices around the environment and the climate. And part of the agreement will see electric scooters supplied for the squad to make use of.
Well, apart from the fun element of that, how proud are you to be involved in a franchise that puts that sort of thing front and centre of its agenda? Yeah, it's, it's very impressive that Desert Vipers have got them in, um, on board. Um, going green is 100% the way forward. We've got to look after the planet. My sister's own business is a, a sustainable business, so um, she's been doing that for quite a few years now. It's, L, it's a denim business, actually. It's recycling denim. Um, L, LVE Denim. It's an um, East London brand. Um, it's going really, really well. So very aware of the importance. Um, so it's, you know, well done to the Vipers and it's 1.5 degrees. James Foster, full of enthusiasm for the Desert Vipers prospects and also full of enthusiasm for the franchise's green credentials. So that's us done and dusted for this episode of Vipers Voices. Please like and subscribe to make sure you get the very latest interviews and news from the Desert Vipers camp in the lead-up to the ILT20. And we'll also be giving you exclusive insider reaction after every match of the tournament, so please stay with us. And remember, you can also follow the Desert Vipers on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook too. For now though, this is Brian Murgatroyd. Thanks very much for listening.